everyone to another edition of Four Guys in a Comic. But, well, it's not exactly four. We only got two of us today. You know, I got my buddy here, Alex. Alex, how's it going today? Hey, what's going on, Maine? Yeah, so the other two are just kind of AWOL today, I guess. I, I understand that I think they're busy reading and buying comics at the moment. Yeah, that's probably the thing. I mean, uh, as weird as it is, we are recording on a Wednesday today, so it is new comic book day. Yeah, so I have a feeling that's what they're up to. You know, you gotta just love Wednesdays, going out, buying the new comics, getting home, reading them, and enjoying. Oh yeah, dude. Uh, my nightmare though right now is I left um, two week or I guess yeah, two weeks worth of unread comic books that I bought a day before at my fiance's parents' house, and they live two and a half hours away from me. <gasps> yeah. Yep, and it was it was like maybe $55 worth of comics. So now it's not like I'm going to go out and rebuy them. So I'm going to, I have to wait. And I mean, I know I could always read digitally, but I, you know, if I have the comics, I want to read them physically. No, you, you just do. You want to have, if you have in your hand, you want to read it physically and enjoy the whole experience. Everything, everything yes, that experience. I mean, you know, let's talk about comic habits a little bit. Um, you know, I've recently in, in a bunch of our chat rooms had talked to some folks about what are their comic habits. But before we get into theirs, I'm kind of curious, what is yours? What is what is it that Alex does to prep and to read and everything when it comes to comics? Okay, so there's usually two scenarios. I'm going to give you my print uh, way and then I'm going to give you my digital way. Okay, mm -hmm. so um with the print stuff like i said i prefer the print stuff that's why i have a pull list and i go and do that every week um but um for the print comics i always like to get home and then i like to take them out and usually they're already bagged and boarded for me um so i lay them all out and i kind of section them off by like categories uh or teams so like all my x-men comics i'm gonna put over here and i'll put them in a pile order as to where they released or they um fit in the story so um i'll figure it out beforehand and i'll lay it all out just so it's there and so when i start reading one i'll read all of my x-men ones all in one and then i'll move over to the next pile and usually my next pile will be like comics that may not be related to each other um but are of high importance that i've been really waiting for the issue to come out so you'll usually see my thanos and my silver surfers and uh, uncanny avengers and spawn and well i guess not uncanny avengers like spawn and green lanterns mm -hmm. hal jordan um and it's like my go-to pile you know like the one that i'm just like oh i want to read another one real quick i don't want to keep reading all of one series i want to switch it up so i'll read a few in order mm -hmm. um and then i'll get to my usually my second team pile which will be um random whatever like i said uncanny avengers when thunderbolts was coming out it'll just be like things i'm like eh, maybe i'll read one of these or the other and then i'll move on to the next thing and then usually i have an indie pile too where i'll separate the indie books out from the big two and um yeah so that's my print stuff and then i'll grab a beer you know usually mm -hmm. sit at my dining room table and uh, read them at the dining room table mm -hmm. uh yeah i used to do a thing where I had a, because I have a front porch here, but I used to live in this apartment by myself long ago, and I carried it over to my first house. Um, but I would grab a, a fold-out chair, and I'll usually wait till it's nice outside or whatever at night when it's not like 100 degrees during the day mm -hmm. or whatever. And I'll, um, I used to grab a cigar, and I would smoke a cigar and read comics outside. 
oh no, the smoke. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, that, that's what I. That was what I when I first moved to uh, my university town here, and I was going to college and stuff. That was like my thing. I'd grab a cigar and a beer, and I'd post up outside in a fold-out chair, usually in the um, because uh, all the ones I had, all the apartments I had, uh, didn't have like balconies or anything mm -hmm. so i would be on the front of the house like in front of the door basically uh sometimes with the door open and stuff listening to music facing the parking lot reading comics and stuff uh that was back when i was in college yeah uh yeah but uh you know now like i said just sit at the dining room table and uh with a beer and just read the comics i don't smoke cigars anymore mm -hmm. so yeah, but uh, if it's a digital thing, though, I usually only read digitally um, before I go to bed at night, mm -hmm. and that will be, like, either me just laying in bed, or um, sometimes uh, Reagan will go to bed or whatever, and I'll uh, lay on the couch in the living room and actually spread out and just read off my uh, phone or whatever. Mm -hmm. But nothing special with the digital stuff. Yeah, and typically not. I mean, to me, the digital, that's, you know, when you're on the can or stuck in traffic <laughs> yeah sometimes i'll do it at my lunch break at work yeah, at uh, work at work you know hey nobody's looking i got 10 minutes i can burn <laughs> mm -hmm. you know, close the office door okay well my coworkers didn't gotta hear that but anyways <laughs> <laughs> oh so you know for me it's not that different from um i'll let's say today wednesday you know i'll come home from the comic book store and i'll pick up my new releases i'll pick up uh, some back issues Everything goes on the computer desk, and basically everything gets entered into two databases. One is comicbookrealm.com, the other one is a comicbookdatabase.com. I do keep two databases in case if one ever goes away, I have a, a second backup. And then from there, everything gets bagged and boarded, or even rebagged and boarded. I never reuse the same bag and board I got from the shop. Then from there, I put into a pile. Okay, I must read now since, for example, say Secret Empire stuff. Uh, some or some indies or whatever that I want to read right now, something for the podcast, whatever. Then I have everything else goes into I have what is it, forty three short boxes, and the, each short box is designated for you know everything, because I like to have the full runs of things before I start binging. So I'll just put them in the box and wait until I have the full run, and then I'll do my binge thing on that. Um, when it actually comes to reading, you know I have you know my chair in the living room, a recliner. Nice little table next to it, and I bring out the piano stool. And on the piano stool, I, I'll set up my co my comics right there. And I may get myself, you know, something to munch on. Uh, typically, it has to be something I can use a toothpick for. It's like cheese and some salamis <laughs> and meats. That way, yeah. my hands aren't getting dirty. And a glass of wine or sh champagne or something like that. And just have that, particularly if I'm binge reading. Then I go all out, get the snacks, you know, get the, the mood lighting going and everything else, and just to enjoy <laughs> But uh, that's for me it, you know, you know I, I do my smoking beforehand, wash my hands, do all that kind of stuff before I ever touch a comic. And like I said before, you know, I reached out to some of our chat rooms and their comic habits, and I found the main theme that I heard from everybody was is, I wash my hands before I touch a comic. I heard that a lot whenever I saw people replying to you and stuff. Yeah. So many people washed their hands, and there were some that went as far as saying, um, if I touch something else, I go back and rewash my hands. And it's mm -hmm. just like, what? I mean, I understand, you know, a little, I, like if you've been doing stuff all day and you just got gross hands or something like that, you know, you go do that before. But I mean, 
you don't have to be like OCD obsessive about it. I have my own OCD problems, and I, I mean, I'm not going to hate on other people for theirs, but I mean, it's kind of ridiculous. I mean, I know you're a white glove kind of guy, aren't you? Yeah. I can see it now. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, when when I have older issues, you now i got those 12 centers, 15 centers, things like that, I don't want any of the oils and dirt from my hands to get into the paper, uh, especially the dirt, because once that gets impregnated into the uh, fibers, it is a monster to get out. You I mean, you have to actually get in there with a, uh, whatchamacallit, a dry cleaning pad or uh, something. Sometimes an actual uh, paper towel will do it. But most of the times you need a dry, a dry cleaning pad to get that gr grit and grime and dirt off. So, yeah, I handle it appropriately, especially my older ones. Uh, some of the other habits no, I saw for in there, sure. I also see that I see that not too many people eat while reading. Yeah, I'm not a big eater while I'm reading. I'll say that right now. I do get a little conscious about it, especially if you're doing finger foods or something like that, something messy. Mm -hmm. It has sauce involved. French fries and ketchup. Nightmare. Don't do it. Okay? I oh, have yeah. had it happen before where I dripped ketchup on the dang comic. And uh, that was not very fun to uh, try and wipe away without smearing it across the comic. Oh, I can imagine. Yeah, that would that, be a nightmare. Um, I remember as a kid, though, I didn't care. I would take that comic. I'd lay on the living room floor, throw that comic book on the ground, have my bowl of... You know, or my, my, I should say bowl, a bag of cheese puffs or Cheetos or whatever and <laughs> handle the comic with cheesy fingers and who cares? Yep. No, that's, uh, I, I get, you know, I will say this. Uh, um, I, I mean, I remember doing that stuff, when, you know, when you were a kid, you, you didn't care. I know with you, we always talk about like uh, rolling it up and putting it in your back pocket or whatever, right? Yeah, yeah. But um, I remember one comic book I had as a kid because I only, I only had like maybe two comics period as a kid and I, I've told you I didn't collect comics really when I was younger mm -hmm. um, but I remember there was a uh, I can never figure I will never know what the title of this book is but it was like Hercules and Atlas and I remember Medusa was in it but it was like all you know um, you know mythological figures and stuff mm -hmm. um, and I remember throwing it in a box and just pulling it back out. And I remember just ripping the pages and everything else and stapling it back together and taping it back together and everything else. Because I liked the comic, but I just did not take care of that thing. I don't know what it was in my head. Because I had um, something I did collect was I had a subscription to Nintendo Power whenever I was uh, younger. And I have almost every issue except for the ones before I was like three. Three or four, I got a subscription from my grandpa for it. And uh, he used to just read it out to me and stuff. Um, but uh, I used to take real great care of those. I, I mean, I was like, yeah, this is great. And that's a magazine. But no, comics when I was young did not care. Did not give one bit. Mm -hmm. I remember it's similar. I had a uh, G.I. Joe yearbook, number one. And I, that was my reference. I was Because we were always talking G.I. Joe at school all the time. And I would be taking that thing, rolled up, back pocket, whatever it might be, to school. That was our resource guide for certain things. Uh, same with the battle files. But I remember that yearbook. I cut the back page out to mail away for a G.I. Joe toy, little windsurfer thing. Uh, and, you know, years later, I was like, my gosh, why did I? Why was I so abusive to this comic? <laughs> you know? 
I mean, yeah. And the, the, the way people, we handle Miss Kids compared to adults is obviously different because as adults, we realize the costs that certain issues can go up without you realizing it. That's very true. I mean, um, you never know what's going to be the next hot issue, right? Mm -hmm. But that's also, that, that makes me feel bad at the same time. Because, you know, comics, they're not meant, they're meant to be enjoyed. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so at the same time, we're sitting here handling it like a fragile little baby thing and hoping that's going to go up and stuff. But really, it's just meant to be enjoyed, you know? Yeah. Um, they, I mean, it's crazy to think about that from where comics came from in the 30s is it was like a marketing gimmick basically mm -hmm. to now it's like a hot collectible this could be worth thousands of dollars uh mm -hmm. stupid totally awesome hulk issue yep. that just came out um i think it's dumb but i mean everyone like in their mom was telling me oh take care of it you know it's gonna be worth it. and then here it is like a week and a half later someone's trying to sell one for 500 dollars on the oh, internet no. and it's just like you're ridiculous you're never gonna get this what are you thinking? And you, we all know it's going to drop down back in price. Oh, yeah. We'll probably, probably settle to be a $20 book, in my opinion. No, true story, man. I agree with you on that. But like you said, I mean, everyone has their own habit. Um, you said that you um, you bag and board everything and then tuck it away and everything. Um, have you seen pictures of my desk? I don't think I have, to tell you the truth. You've never seen pictures of my desk. Okay. No. Um, so I have my two long boxes to the side here. And, you know, I do buy older comics and I actually collect. I don't just like buy the new comics that come out. And I'm just going with that. I have a lot of older comics that I buy too. And um, the ones that I have had for a long time or I know are worth something, um, I shove them in the two long boxes that I, I Basically, both are full now, though. And that's been an issue I've had lately. Um, I have been really, really lazy, I guess you could say, and I haven't been to a shop that sells um, long boxes um, in a while. And I know you can order them offline, but I'm too lazy to order them offline. I'd rather go do it in person. Um, but yeah, um, I just shove what I can in there, but they're both full. My desk now um, has literally one, two, three, four, five, five stacks of comic books covering it. And they're all probably about a um, three-fourths a foot to a foot and a quarter high. Oh, wow. Yeah. See, I kind of rearranged my desk this last weekend, actually. I had put, I want to say, I don't know, I'm going to guesstimate, say maybe 10-ish short boxes that I had over here up in the attic. I got rid of my printer, and I made a big space for my comic book press. And I have another spot here where I'm this weekend I'll be building a hydration unit. And so we have my desk as my area where I can now hydrate and then immediately go to <clears throat> go to press my comics. So, Ooh, cool. Yeah. That sounds cool. It does. I'm going to have to send you some stuff and so you can try it out, but don't mess up my books. <laughs> send me your uh, spot <laughs> or something. Yeah. <laughs> I know you wouldn't mess up my book. <laughs> Not a problem. But, you know, I do have right next to me eight short boxes of comics that are pretty basically completely full of just for pressing. So that's uh, going to be quite a task. And uh, hopefully I can knock out at least one to two a day. But we'll, we'll find out. We'll see. Once I... Yeah, you have a whole battle plan then. That sounds like um, you're ready to go. Um, do, are the ones you have in the box, are they nice ones or are they practice ones? 
No, these are the nice ones. These are all my silver and bronze age. Uh oh. Yeah. Yeah. I I only I I have I have a separate pile for practice, but uh, no, I'm ready. I'm ready to go. I just need to build that hydration unit, and I'm I'm off. I feel you on that. So, so uh, getting back to weird habits here and stuff. Well, I I mean, getting back to uh, you know comic habits and stuff. Well, what are some of the weirdest comic habits that you have? Well, I, I think my weirdest. Uh, uh, yeah, you personally. What is the weirdest thing? I mean, you. I mean, we both just gave. I mean, I gave a little more of a description, but you gave a brief description of what you're into and what you do and stuff. But do you have any weird ones? Like maybe if it's something that you know is really valuable or something you treat it differently this way, or if it's something that you know you're just using for your hostess ads or whatever is there anything weird any kind of weird habit you have with any kind of comic i guess if it's 15 cent or less i take it to the kitchen table and i always have a four guys in a comic business card with it specifically for the purpose that if i find a dog-eared corner while reading i use the business card to fold out the dog ear to get it straightened out Uh, that might be the weirdest thing that i do but I, I don't come across that too often, but I do on occasion. It's something I might miss when I purchase the comic or if it's something I purchased on eBay that I didn't know there was something dog-eared in it. So that's my way of getting the comic book straightened out. Uh, but that's probably the weirdest thing that I might do. Yourself? Well, for me, um, it could be a dumb... I don't know why I do this. Um, if it's an older comic book, okay, and uh, you pull it out, and, you know, sometimes I guess it's been sitting in a pile or something for so long that it's like perfectly flat and it feels like the cover is super stiff or whatever. Yes. Okay. So I will not make that cover. I barely like peek in it if I want to read it and I will not open it because you can hear that little crackling noise. And yes. for some reason, I don't want the cra- I don't want the whole thing. I know it, it'll just go back, but. To me, I'm just like, okay, I'm just going to leave it how it is and whatever. I feel like I'm messing something up, even though it's not really messing anything up. No, actually, that's pretty smart because let's see if you get when you get comics graded. One of the things that happens that uh, knocks it down a, a, a half a point um, or sometimes more, depending on which is basically on the left hand side, you got you have the binding. It's very common to see on the top and the bottom corners that little bit of a fray, that white fray in the corner of the binding. Oh, yeah. That is typically due from opening the comic. Oh, yeah. okay. So, so maybe I am saving my issues. You actually are. Now, sometimes those could be just be from being rubbed or from when it went through the staple and print, printing, pressing uh, through, the, through the staple machine, basically. But most of the time, right. when you open up that comic, it can do that. Huh. Okay. So, yeah. you know, I have a... Um, uh, Venom Lethal Protector number one, which is mm-hmm. pretty easy book to get. It's like three dollar, four dollar book. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have mine signed by uh, Sam De La Rosa. I'm waiting because I want to get it signed by a few other people. Um, but uh, something about it that I've always noticed ever since I got it. I, Reagan got it for me through an eBay auction, and it was like one of my first comics that I got in college mm-hmm. uh, when I got back into comics and. Um, Something that's always been about it is it's like it feels like it's never been opened. I've opened it, but I don't I think the guy that I got it from basically 
brought it off the shelf and put it in a bag and then set it somewhere where there was stuff on top of it for a long time. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have spine roll or anything, but it's just like perfectly flat. Like maybe he pressed it at one point and sent it to me. Could have been. Something. Maybe. Either way, it um it it's like if I sent that thing in, I think I would probably get like, you know, close to a ten. I, I'm nice. pretty sure. Very but nice. I the whole reason why is just because I like and I've read it, but I've just like I like I said, I just barely crinkled it open and I'm just like, ugh. Yeah. But that brings up a point, you know, lots of people don't really take care of their comics. They throw them in tubs. That is just I cringe when I hey, think about it. Hey, 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 hold on. You are you t- are you really pointing? Are you like calling me out right now? What? Don't tell me you have tubs of unba- unbagged and boarded comics. Okay, okay. Oh well, it's halfway there. I have a green um it's like a green tubberware. It's ginormous though. And um all my comics in it are bagged okay, and boarded, good. but they're just piled inside of it. Um, but there's nothing in there that's like valuable. It's just like all my stuff that I don't have room for that I care to put in a long box. Yeah. You'll like, like a lot of it's filler issues that aren't worth anything. The biggest cause of spine rolls is stacking comic books on top of each other, unbagged and boarded. So that's why boxes Mm -hmm. have it. So they go, you know, straight up and down, stack them on top of each other. That pressure and uh, of the comics and pushing it down into the side will create that spine roll. It's like, I mean, you can get spine rolls out, but you have to again have a press, and it's just pain in the butt. <laughs> yeah, you know what's something that I've heard. I mean, we've talked about it. I think is that um, occasionally, like with the up down things, if they've been sitting in the box for too long or whatever, you can get that saggy corner from yes, it, can't you? Yeah, you can get that as well. So one of the other things we talked about was comic book uh, spending habits, and it was kind of, we got some good results. I don't know. Did you see any of the results that we posted on there yet? Did you actually even look into it? Um, I look. I voted on a few of them just to give us some votes. Yeah. But um, no, I noticed that a lot of people were saying they spent around the hundred dollar range. So I broke it into eight tiers: spending no money, a dollar to ten, eleven to twenty, twenty-one to fifty, fifty-one to hundred. 101 to 250, 251 to 500, or 500 and up. And it seems that the it ran away with most people are spending 101 to 250 dollars a month on comics. A month? I was actually surprised by it. a month. I well, I mean it's every time every two weeks. If I wait two weeks to grab all my books, um, it'll probably cost me around. 40 to uh, well i would say 35 to uh, 55 dollars to buy all my books depending on the week because some weeks are heavier than others yeah so it, it, it says a lot of per- people's purchasing habits and how much they're spending on stuff uh only a few people really were spending less than 50 dollars uh close behind it was 50 to 100 but yeah average person 100 to 250 dollars a month on comics question is is are they reading all those <laughs> right i wonder how much of this goes into well you got to think about the older collector guys too mm-hmm. like um i'm 
I mean, you could easily buy like one key issue a month that goes over a hundred bucks. Yeah, it's like uh, where was you know what? Come to think about it, that's probably the smarter investment. It is actually. Uh, where did I see that? Uh, I think it was uh, Jeff. We all know Jeff. He's been on the podcast. Uh, he, yep. he mentioned that I think it was August. He spent uh, thirty five hundred dollars on comics. So you know, a high collector Jeez. like that, you know, yeah, he's going to be a little bit more money spent. Yeah, I don't understand. Um, well, I guess I do understand. If you have a nice job, Jeff works his butt off, um, then I guess you can afford it. But I mean, even if I had the money, I don't know if I could push myself to make my budget in comics as much as I love comics um, that much a month. Yeah. I mean, it's it comes down to a lot of things you know how much are you making how much do you really want to spend are you trying to collect a series are you looking at collecting for a future retirement <laughs> you know what are all the factors that uh, contribute into your buying habits that is for sure and when you say it 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 could be like you said it could be a future retirement easy like uh i mean you look at like how much a uh you know amazing fantasy 15 goes for now and you're just like oh my gosh that's why you got to pick up as many hulk 22s as you can right now today go out bye and stop it (laughs) (laughs) all right all right well what do you say we go ahead and wrap this up and give a call to one of our special guests sounds good All right, everyone, it is that time of the podcast where we do an interview. And this week we have none other than Mike Deodato. Sir, thank you for coming on to the podcast. We greatly appreciate it. Um, your artwork is hands down one of the best out there. Um, yeah, so it is. this is very exciting to be able to speak with you tonight. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, uh, my pleasure. Awesome. So, for those that uh, may not be too familiar with your work, maybe just a little rundown on uh, <clears throat> basically who you are and how you got started and that kind of stuff. Just a little quick synopsis for us. Oh, well, uh, I started for American Marketing in 1991 with uh, Santa Claus for Malibu Comics. Uh, but in Brazil, I started in 1982 uh, doing uh, independent comics in my town. So, I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> no but yeah you've been around for, you've done so much stuff i mean you've touched i, I want to say it just it seems like every character every book <laughs> you are yeah. a busy man yeah i have a lot of bills to pay so <laughs> <laughs> well yep they, they do keep you busy and i know personally when i think of your artwork always the thing that comes to mind is that page one of wonder woman issue 90 um Okay. That is just beautiful. I mean, everything is beautiful. But when I think of your work, I think I immediately go to that page because that is, to me, what Wonder Woman has always meant to be, look like and what always should look like. And oh, thank you. you are a, a phenomenal artist. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I, I try. <laughs> but uh, uh, I, I have a, still a lot to learn. And 
I think that's the good part of uh, my job. I, I still have a lot to learn, so it's fun to keep uh, discovering new influences, new artists, and be influenced by them. It's, it's all fun. Not the deadline, but the rest is <laughs> Well, speaking of influences and kind of... Right? And kind of evolving. Um, one of our listeners, actually, they had a question, and it was in regards to the style you had in the early 90s um, compared to the style you have now is, is very different. It's definitely evolved over the years. And their question is, is was that something that just kind of happened naturally? Uh, was it something that was like more of a conscious decision on your behalf? Like you kind of went from that, like that 90s comic style to like this very realistic style that you do now which is absolutely amazing it's i love it but how did that change come about uh, the, i think the change came uh, naturally but uh, i was kind of forced to, to rethink my career and my art by the end of the 90s because uh, nobody was hiring me anymore by the end of the 90s because i was working so much doing four books a month and i had my studio and uh I was uh, getting a lot of money, but my art was uh, not not that good. It was terrible, and uh, I kind of lost my interest on, on comics. I was doing just for the money, and then the result, nobody wanted to hire me anymore. After my uh, contract with Marvel was over in 1998, they didn't want me anymore, and then I... I went to the second operation that was uh, the Valiant that they back then they they uh, um, they fought for my for my for my contract and uh, but they didn't want me anymore too so uh, I had to that's when I realized that I had to do something and uh, uh, I had to recover my love for comics and. Uh, I decided to do only one book a month. To uh, um, even if I I got less money, but uh, the important thing to me was that I should be satisfied with the result. And uh, that the, this kind of mental decision is what guides me since then. And uh, uh, the change on my art was kind of. Because of the decision of uh, uh, getting the love for comics back, and uh, back in Brazil, I, I actually I, I used to draw in, uh, in a real more realistic style. When I started in American comics in 1991, I was drawing this way. But then when I saw finally image comics, uh, because it wasn't published in Brazil, but one of my trips I saw the, the comics they were doing. I was uh, mesmerized by the art of uh, Jim Lee and Mark Silvestri, and I wanted to draw like them. That's why my style became uh, that the one you everybody knows in Wonder Woman. But the change of this was uh, it was natural and also a, a decision of mine to take control of my career. Uh, I I left the agents I was working with. I I learned English. Not much, as you can see, <laughs> and uh, uh, I, I, I started to take decisions on my, my career, and it reflected on my art, and it's what I have been doing since then, 
uh, every decision I make in my in my career is based on if I feel comfortable, if I like my art the way it is. That's why I'm at Marvel for so many years. Uh, I got better proposals from other companies, but I keep working with Marvel because I feel good there. Everybody treats me well. So now Very you've cool. changed your art style several times, and you know you, it's a, such an accomplishment that you've done. How does an artist such as yourself go about doing that? How do you train yourself and teach yourself a new style? Because I think every art, every everybody in every profession should be open to new ideas. Otherwise, you you stagnate and you start to decline. You have to be open to to learn and to new ideas. Uh, uh, the most recent turn I did on my art was it was not uh, 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 day to night. It was uh, you know uh, more uh, organic, but uh, I started to pay attention to uh, my friend, uh, my friend that I forgot the name. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna kill me. But well, he he was using um, Denton Ocean. He was using uh, um, uh, halftone dots in his covers, and I found it. Oh, this is great! So retro, and and I used to to use them in the 80s in Brazil. And oh, I want to do that again. So I mixed with the my new style. Uh, I have been experimenting with uh, layouts for the pages, design, and uh, you can see the result on uh, panels, uh, the six issue I did, and in old man Logan right now. So it's a uh, it's a it's as a it's this retro style, but at the same time it it is uh, very. Uh, modern too so it's a uh, i'm just open to 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 see things and uh open to be influenced by them okay. cool now you mentioned so, a few minutes ago that you were i'm sorry now you mentioned a few minutes ago that you were uh teaching yourself some new styles and you're trying to still continue to develop yourself is there a new style or something that you're currently trying to work on to add into your uh technique uh well, I, I have been trying to to make it more uh, with less shadows because I I, I already uh, I, I kind of dominate I I know how to do shadows a lot and uh, but I always wanted to see what I would do if I wouldn't use shadows at all. But uh, I know it's impossible for me. But I'm trying to make it more lighter. And to give more room for my new colorist, uh, Frank Martin Jr., he's a Brazilian too. Uh, he's very good. He can draw too. So I want to see what he can do. So uh, slowly, uh, I'm trying to make it more uh, more like in the light of day <laughs> instead of midnight. And uh, but it's uh, small things, you know. It's uh, yeah, it's hard for me to. Uh, one of these days. Um, uh, uh, an editor at Marvel asked me to do, so, oh, can you do that in that uh, 90s style? I can't. <laughs> it's, it's very hard for me to uh, replicate that again. So it's uh, it's not a, a thing that I do, uh, oh, tomorrow I'm doing a new style. It's something that you uh, uh, go uh, developing with time. So I, I just pay attention to the, the guys I like. Uh, 
Oh, right now I'm I'm studying a lot the work of uh, uh, what's the name Murphy Sean Murphy Sean Gordon Murphy. Mm-hmm, yeah. Man, this guy's so good. Man, it's fantastic. I I didn't know him. I know it's, I'm stupid. He's there for <laughs> years, but I never paid attention. And it's fantastic. The, his use of uh, halftone dots. It's very very dirty. And uh, his uh, negative spaces just fantastic. Uh, I'm trying to mimic what he does, but of course it's impossible. But I, I try to uh, uh, absorb as much as I can. Very cool. So, you mentioned earlier that you know sometimes people will try to ask you to replicate an older style and stuff, and it'll be harder for you to do. Um, as a comic artist, what are some of the hardest hurdles to overcome as a larger name in the comic industry? Uh, for me, it's a deadline, but I, but I'm also very straightforward with the editors if i don't think i can make it I, oh i can do that but it's just too much i cannot do that so you have to get some uh, somebody to help me or give me more room but uh, uh, besides that it's uh, sometimes I, I i hate when i when i have to, to jump into a story that uh, i have to change my state of mind like a. Uh, uh, for example, uh, I was doing uh, uh, Old Man Logan, and then uh, uh, they asked me to do an issue of, uh, um, what's the name, Astonishing X-Men, which I loved, but it was very hard for me to change mine. Like, I was totally focused on the Wolverine and the, had all the, the backgrounds on my mind, all the characters, and then I had to shift everything and then to shift again the other month to back to Old Man Longer. I think it's easier for writers because they write like four titles at the same time, five. But for me that I'm using to do just one for so long, it's, it's very hard for me this. But I can make it. Uh, and, and it was a very tough uh, script. Uh, a lot of things going on. And uh, uh, the writer that I forgot the name to, <laughs> I'm old. <laughs> Uh, uh, he made it, it easy. He explained it very in detail in the script, so it was it was very fun to I put put all the influences I had on, from uh, eerie and creepy from the 70s and uh, a lot of Jose Ortiz and uh, oh, it was fun, very fun. Very cool. So one of our fans um, sent in a uh, question to us that he wanted to know from you. Um, what is like your favorite characters or characters to draw? And who are your least favorite characters to draw? Uh, my, my favorite is uh, Wolverine, uh, sometimes also Captain America, but I'm most Wolverine because uh, uh, he looks like people from my region. We are Except for my hair, we are very hairy and we are short <laughs> and we are we are known for being very uh, tough guys, you know, because it's like uh, Old West here, so we are all tough and stuff. And uh, he's a, a anti-hero, so it's fun. He's ugly. He's not a tidy guy, so it's it's always fun, funnier to draw uh, villains. I, I have a career. Mostly based on drawing villains, Dark Avengers and Thunderbolts and Thanos, uh, uh, and so I, I really enjoy uh, drawing Wolverine. The last favorite for me is uh, uh, 
not because of the character. I like to read read it, but I don't like to draw Iron Man. Uh, I it just I cannot get uh, well with the armor. Uh, it's, I don't I don't draw technology very well. I don't know. Uh, I love the character. I love to read, but I, to work on it, on it to draw uh, the figure of Iron Man. I like to draw Tony Stark, but the Iron Man is, is kind of hard. That armor. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. So you you had mentioned Dark Avengers, and one of my favorite covers is actually a cover that you did. Um, I think it was Dark Avengers eleven, maybe it was Norman Osborn as Spider Man, and it's like oh, he's crouching down the cover, that real sinister smile, and I absolutely love that cover. I'm a big Spider Man fan, and that. It's just something so creepy and eerie about that. I just absolutely loved it. Um, but th- you also do a lot of covers as well. So do you prefer doing interior work more, or do you prefer doing cover art more? Uh, I actually prefer doing interior because that's real comics. When you do you know, uh, storytelling and sequences and everything. And second one, it would be doing covers. Uh, uh, it's uh, funny you mentioned that uh, most of my covers, a lot of them are ideas by the, the editors, uh, the writers, uh, and I get credit for all of them. <laughs> this one you mentioned, I think it was uh, Brian Bendis who suggested that. It's some homage to uh, Tom McFarlane's uh, Spider-Man cover. Mm-hmm. I love doing homage covers too because it's my chance of uh, make it better. It's a chance to to pay pay my respect for a, an artist that I learned a lot. So, um, but um, but I yeah I love doing covers. They pay better. Uh, you get more exposures uh, for the fans for the media. So I like doing that. Doing that, it's fun. It's just one scene that you do it quickly. Uh, but comics, real comics, is interior. So uh, it's, uh, you figure out a way to make that uh, expression and the the body language, and figure out a way to to make it uh, beautiful, not only in the the sequence but also in the layout. It's so. Oh, it's a challenge, and it's 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 uh, you feel very good when you you accomplish that. Oh, this one is good. So I prefer doing interior. Okay. Now, Mike, is there like a certain uh, a single piece of work that you've done, say interior cover or panel or page or whatever, that you're like the most proud of? That you think back on the most, and say, "Wow, I really love this piece that I did." Oh man, it's so many uh, covers. Ah, oh, it's a hard one. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm really, really proud of what I did in uh, those six issues of Panel. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, it was, uh, I'm really proud of, of that, what I accomplished in terms of uh, design and uh, uh, along with the story. So, uh, but it's it's hard to, to point I never thought of think about this because I have to think in the next one. So. <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, I don't know. 
But yeah, no, that Thanos number one, though, that with him on the cover with the red in the background, yeah, that is an amazing piece. It really is. I have this one in my office here. Yep. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. nice. Yeah. Uh, it's a, it's a podcast. No, no, no video, right? Just sound, right? Correct. Just sound. Yep. Oh, okay. People, I just showed my my office to the guys. <laughs> <laughs> you should you should jealous. do it in video. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very cool. So I, earlier you said you like uh, doing homages and paying respect to past artists. Um, is there a homage cover that you've always wanted to do but haven't had a chance yet? Oh, not that I think about right now. No, you guys are. Make it so such a hard question. <laughs> well, we don't we don't like sticking with the generic. We we want to come make you think. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Maybe some of the those uh, uh, Frank Miller ones. Mm. I I really really didn't think about it. And I don't think anything. <laughs> I, I'm so glad you are not doing uh, philosophical questions. <laughs> we can talk Socrates if you want. <laughs> no. <laughs> Leave it to the writers. I'm very... Yeah, very <laughs> there we go. <laughs> very cool. So, um, you know, you, you're finishing up with... Uh, you finish up with Thanos and everything. Um, is What is the in for the future of uh, Mike? What, what's next? Oh, man, I know, but I cannot tell. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm so happy. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I'm hoping... Yeah, but uh, you guys next year will know. Uh, cool. Oh, sorry. It's but funny. Right now, I'm just uh, next next arc of uh, Wolverine. I, I have to draw ninjas. Always great, and uh, I'm really enjoying Old Man Logan. Uh, it's like a, a Wolverine with more sauce on it. It's like. It's like a Clintus Wood on those Western guy. And uh, uh, Ed Brisson's such a great writer. Uh, he knows how to build, build suspense. Uh, it, it, it looks like a movie. It really looks like a movie. Uh, with the end, with the tension, everything. Really enjoying working with him. It seems like when I was working with Bruce Jones. It, it, Bruce Jones is also very good on building suspense. The first issue I did with uh, Old Man Logan, uh, he chose to make it very slow from the beginning. And I was kind of, oh man, if I was me, I would start with a fight and then I would go back in time. And But in the end, it works oh so well. The, uh, he, this guy's good. He, uh, Marvel uh, really uh, did great. Uh, uh, locking him on a contract. Now, do you think we can see any uh, creator-owned stuff coming out sometime soon, maybe? Yeah, I have been cooking uh, if Brian Bins were like forever. <laughs> and, but he's a busy man and, uh, yeah. hey, are you ready to do it now? Yes. And then time passes. <laughs> but <laughs> I think uh, uh, maybe... Uh, next year, maybe I think we have something. Uh, and uh, I have been doing some stuff in Brazil. I published uh, uh, a book called uh, Quadros, that means panels. Mm -hmm. It's 14 stories, uh, short stories, where I play with uh, 
designed and uh, several kind of uh, subjects, uh, very personal, and uh, uh, I'm very satisfied. I'm, I'm trying to see have it uh, translated and I see if uh, uh, Marvel or Image would be interested. In. Very cool. So when you're preparing to do a new um, piece or a new book or whatever, uh, do you have a process in which you prepare yourself for it or um, do you do any kind of research? Uh, it depends. Uh, you, you mean uh, independent or Marvel? Either one, just in general, uh, if you have a routine. Oh, uh, in, for independent comics, uh, uh, I pick ideas wherever I am. And if I am in the gym and I have an idea, I write it on my exercise list on the back so I don't forget it. And uh, uh, um, uh, this book I mentioned, I did it in my spare time. I would arrive at, I would stop my work at night, and then the rest of the night I would, I would do a little bit of my independent work. Uh, it's a very different kind of uh, thinking process. Uh, and uh, to marvel, it's, I have been doing it for so long that it comes automatically. I don't have to think about, uh, I don't think about uh, storytelling. It's already. Uh, my mind I, I don't have to worry about this it comes naturally uh, the only thing I, I put most most work most uh, thinking it is uh, about the, the, the layout the design of the page uh, try to make it different and make it work uh, uh, I have been playing with uh, doing it like a chessboard taking pieces of the, the panels and uh, uh, it's a mixture of what Gene Steranko did on a series called uh, Outland, his adaptation of the movie. But he did a lot of uh, some stuff like the, the, the line of the panels crossing each other. So I mixed it a bit and uh, I, I've been enjoying it a lot. So uh, uh, reference, I got reference for uniforms and uh, if it is a book that uh, somebody was working before, I I got all the books. And I if I have time, I read I read read off of them to get into the story. I uh, I have to read all the the script uh, entirely so I get into the story too. And I'm not surprised what what happened next page. <laughs> so I prepare. Uh, I, I leave space or uh, you know yeah. Basically that's it. Uh, I've been doing it for so long, it's uh, it's not a surprise for me anymore. Uh, sometimes I'm surprised by <laughs> by Brian Bendis because <laughs> the guy puts uh, page two, six panels, and then you start drawing, playing for six panels, and then there is seven, or sometimes it's five. So you have to, oh, I have to adapt. And I found out that Ed Brisson is the same way. So uh, <laughs> they try to get me off guard, but uh, yeah, it's something. <coughs> I just trying to to read the the script and trying to to get uh, in tune with the writer and uh, and try to enjoy the story. Yeah, it, it's, I'm lucky to work with several good writers, so it's uh, it helps when a story is good. So. But I, I kind of, uh, with the years, and uh, I kind of developed uh, uh, a way 
to work that I, I, I can go to the gym, I can have a life. Uh, my office, uh, I'm going to show you. <laughs> you have yeah, a please camera. do. My, my daughter has his place in my office right there. Oh, so cool. She's playing around all the time while I work. So she take my hand and, and dad, come play. And then I go and it's it's fun. Uh, uh, I, I learned how to balance uh, time for me, time for family, time to work. And um, once in a while, uh, I, uh, there is no way to avoid not, not having gym in the week, but uh, 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 nothing surprises me anymore. It's, uh, uh, sometimes I get scared when I have to do something outside uh, comics and I have things that I have never done before. Uh, if I had to do uh, go to a uh, uh, do a movie and do uh, those uh, what's the name those I forgot the name in English, but those drawings you do to the to the director so he can mm -hmm. draw. Uh, I would be very like a storyboard. Storyboards, yeah. I would be nervous. Because uh, uh, I'm, I'm a shy guy, so if I have to go out of my place and meet new people, so it's. Uh, but besides that, nothing new. But, uh, I try to challenge myself, uh, putting new stuff and trying new things uh, to keep it interesting. But uh, last time I was nervous doing something was when I did uh, something to New Adams. Because he is my idol, a big influence, so I was very nervous to know his opinion. So the first time I went to uh, San Diego in 1995, uh, uh, I didn't speak English. My my Asian translated to me. Uh, I remember uh, uh, what was the name? The the Bobby Harris. Mm. He sat with me, and then oh, okay. Uh, have a very energetic style, English style, but you have to pay attention to storytelling and blah, blah, blah. he gave me all the tips there, but I was not listening. I was just, oh, image, image is good, the action, the splash pace. <laughs> I didn't pay attention. I was not ready. So uh, only after the 40s, it was like something, uh, some light uh, illuminated my head. I was, oh, storytelling, that's it. Uh, I, I was not ready to, to learn, so I, I don't think somebody give me advice would be any would change anything. But uh, I, I'm very accessible uh, in the internet, uh, social media. Uh, if somebody asks me anything, I say uh, you don't have to wait to be discovered uh, by Marvel or DC or do your own book. Uh, Nowadays, you can do, uh, there is a lot of uh, tools you, you can use to publish your book. It doesn't have to be in print or uh, in paper. You can put it, put it on, uh, make a, a Kickstarter uh, or publish via Amazon. A, a lot of uh, uh, media you can use to uh, uh, make propaganda of your work and get fans liking your work. And you get... Uh, uh, the, the opinions and you can uh, develop your style based on the opinions of your readers so you don't have to wait to be discovered do your own book and 
you you be somebody who pay attention to you. So uh, that's what I usually say. Usually I say doctors right. and by Michael. <laughs> so Mike, I got to ask you: If somebody like myself would like to get a commission done, are you doing commissions? I was doing two years ago, uh, uh, but uh, then uh, uh, I decided to stop because uh, uh, it was taking me too much time. And uh, uh, I told Marvel, okay, uh, I'm doing commissions because I'm having this uh, lazy time and I prefer to do work for you guys. So they starting to give me a lot of covers to do. Uh, <laughs> it's actually a better business to do covers. Or if I do on paper, I can sell the original. I can get royalties. I can get. And uh, I like doing commissions because I, that's the chance I do other kinds of characters, do different situations. I did it a lot, but uh, uh, nowadays I, I do ninety nine percent of my work digital only, and uh, it's. It's we, it's a decision based more on having more time for me to dedicate to myself and my family, and do a, a good quality work for for the, my for comics. So I had to sacrifice something. So I decided to go more digital, and then commissions had to take in. Uh, uh, so I basically I don't do anymore. Maybe I'll go back doing someday. Uh, oh, I hope so, because I can't wait to get a piece of your work. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Uh, but it's fun. Uh, it's always something different, uh, uh, something I've never done before. So it's, uh, it's fun. The only time I'm doing uh, things on paper nowadays is when I go to conventions. Then I, I draw in front of people. It's great so you have no reference, it's just your imagination and, uh, and the pressure of the <laughs> The pressure, yeah. Yeah. But it's fun. Uh, but uh, I decided to go on digi all, all digital uh, more because of that. Because uh, I don't want to go fall in the trap I was in the 90s, working too much. And I have to to uh, have time to revigorate, to, to absorb other things besides comics. Uh, for example, I, I, I don't have time to read comics anymore. That's terrible, <laughs> but that's the reality. I have to choose. Uh, uh, I have to re uh, watch a series or read a, a, a real book or, but if I, if the, the little time I have, I, I read comics, uh, superhero comics, uh, how I'm going to grow up and bring, bring new stuff for the, the work I do for comics and superheroes. So if I, I, Keep reading only superheroes. I I'll be repeating the same thing. So I decide to the little time I have, I'm gonna read books and watch series and do other stuff. Uh, it was hard, but uh, <laughs> I had to do something. So. Oh, it, it's true. Okay, you are not the first person. That, we've yes. interviewed so many people, and they always tell us whenever we ask them, "What are you reading?" They're like, "I don't have time to read." You know, yeah. or they look they, they have the same thing where it's like we don't want to copy something else or get an influence and then just repeat something. Uh, when I when I do, uh, I read recently. I read uh, Saga, the oh, entire collection. It's great stuff. Marvelous, fantastic. I wanted to discover what, why it was a huge success. It's uh, it's all about love and family and. Uh, the, it's a Romeo and Juliet. Yeah, the, the sci-fi was just a, 
Yeah, the sci-fi is just a, a background. And it's so beautiful. I love it. And uh, so that, that's it. I read once a while, I read something uh, yeah. more collected stuff for hardcover. That's cool. Now, you mentioned before uh, Comic Cons. Do you have any Comic Cons in the U in the United States coming up that you might be uh, at where we, people can uh, meet up with you? Uh, 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 my wife is choosing the, the, con the conventions I go <laughs> because <laughs> we never have time to travel. So when I go, she usually chooses uh, Europe because it's uh, more romantic and stuff. And well, happy, uh, happy wife, happy life. <laughs> But uh, so I did, uh, I did uh, Germany, uh, I did Spain, and uh, but I have one in uh, uh, Miami, Florida for uh, and the Comic Book Day. Uh, it wasn't. It was going to be in that. Uh, what's the name of the story? It's a uh, uh, Yancey Street. Yancey Street Gang. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, uh, no, yeah, that's the only one. Uh, I'm doing a lot of co uh, conventions in Brazil because it's uh, uh, we spend a lot of time traveling. So it's uh, one day traveling, one day back traveling. So in Brazil, it's very quick, and uh, it's growing in Brazil convention. So uh, I'm choosing more Brazil, and and I'm a, a bit of afraid of uh, <laughs> to be. Caught in the in the customs. Hey, you are a terrorist. <laughs> you look like a terrorist. No, I'm not. <laughs> like I'm, I'm sure. I'm, I'm sure one of my books is in your kid's house. Look it up. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It's just I didn't have a chance. But uh, if I'm invited, uh, I'll, I'll think about that. I love conventions in America. I did a lot of. Yeah. Nice. Hey, cool. So, uh, Tap, Red, do either one of you have any more questions? No, I am good. I just want to thank you for your time. We know that you're extremely busy. Um, you don't even have time to read, so we do definitely appreciate the time that you <laughs> took to come onto the show with us. So, Okay, thank you, guys. It was great. I hope you, you get some uh, uh, subtitles for people to understand. <laughs> oh, no, you were that perfectly fine. fine. Your English yeah, is fine. You, I was about to, to say, about. you led us on to believe that yours was way worse, but I did not have a single problem following yeah. you at all. Nope, not at all. <laughs> and also, for someone who says they're so shy, you fooled us. Yeah. Uh, no, no, I uh, just, uh, I'm playing here. If, I, if uh, there was a crowd, I would be like, oh, my God. <laughs> thanks a yes. lot thanks a lot thank you all right have a good night. good night take it easy have a good night